All right, guys, welcome back. Speed Up and Get Your Hits podcast. Uh, I believe we're on episode 19. My name is Billy. I'm with Spec Train. With me, as always, I have Nick uh, from Bell Train Group and Brennan from Vortex Edge. We're just three shooters and firearms instructors that love to shoot and uh, and love to teach people how to shoot and help folks get better. And that's kind of what the podcast is all about. It's just uh, hopefully these uh, conversations are educational and we're um, helping folks get better. So, fellas, thanks for being here tonight. Uh, glad to hope looking forward to a good episode of the of the podcast i feel like i am uh descending into like uh kind of kind of the peasant quality of podcast here and i'm on the road i'm up in uh, battle creek michigan so i'm just like on my laptop and like airpods tonight i'm kind of joining the crew so but uh hopefully it'll 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 be all, all right how you guys been man what, what you been up to what you've been working on anything interesting Nick looks like he still has program on his I was just going to say that. Speak. Yeah, too. I, 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 the man's still got talking hands. <laughs> Isn't it like 9 o'clock? That's classic. Well, yeah, but just got done uh, dry firing, and I dry fire with program on, so nice. why not? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, not, not a whole lot new going on here lately. Um just a bunch of classes, man. Just got back from New Jersey. I had like 20 dudes up in New Jersey. It's a full class. Um, got to shoot with um, Paul Costa. Uh, if you guys yeah. don't know uh, who Paul Costa is, you should go follow him on Instagram. Super, super Amateur. legit guy. Uh, New Jersey. So, yeah. That's pretty much was... all I got new, man. <laughs> I think he was on my leaderboards if he's not still there he was definitely there for a minute but yeah cool cool dude for sure been seeing him put out a lot of good stuff that's awesome uh, not, not a whole lot with me um I'm trying to think since the last time so uh like md'd my first match successfully um i say success nice. and like like the match happened and like you know it you know everybody everybody shot and had a good time things like that um you know only two died two, on that kind of but, thing. You know, that was that was fine uh yeah so that that was pretty fun um i think i finally uh, if i'm doing my math right uh, which i'm pretty sure i am i think i finally bumped up into master class after many long years of that not happening um but that's cool and uh then we just got done teaching a a couple day night vision class um which is which is always a good time. Actually, teaching a night division class to our like new product development engineers, which is kind of fun. Uh, so they get real technical about all the all the specs and stuff. So, uh, but it's a good time. So, cool. For the record, I I also did the math, and uh, it looks good to me. Bro. It looks good to me. Whoa. We'll see. Man. That's awesome. Congrats. I finally, uh, and, uh, I finally sat down and like, on that. Like I dug up all my old like Excel knowledge, which I haven't had to use Excel at a job for like a long time. And with my <laughs> wife's help, I like we find like we made this table where if you can input all of your data from uh, USPSA.org and then you have like what if analysis and stuff. And uh, yeah. So, you know, it's like great. sitting there clearing out your calculator eight hundred times. This is hands down the most Asian thing I've heard all day. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> But people do yeah. be doing the math wrong on that shit. Yeah. So yeah, this is true. 
This is true. Well, I, I, don't, I have I don't, been I don't, wrong <laughs> I could be wrong. I don't know if it's the math so much as like figuring out which ones are going to count and which ones aren't going to count and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. but, uh, it definitely, it definitely got me in trouble recently. I thought I, I, thought I, I had made a hundred percent and then one of the hundreds I had shot, like I already had a hundred on, but like it didn't count. Like that, that kind of stuff is, but anyway, there's a lot of um, little like nuances yeah. to how to calculate that stuff. Yep. For sure. For sure. For sure. Cool, man. Um, I have been continuing to grind on the uh, on, on the PCC side of the house, mostly focused on the rifle stuff, um, which has been a lot of fun. Um, just kind of taking a break from from the pistol side of the house, really, really starting to work on that and trying to push the performance on the rifle side of the house a lot, a lot more than um, than I normally do. It's been really interesting playing around with some different things and. Um, developing some new stuff there. It's been a lot of fun. Nothing, nothing too crazy to support. I just came back from uh, a pretty fun few days out in Idaho. I want to give a, a huge shout out to the, the, the tier one concealed crew. Spent a couple uh, days in the range with, uh, with Jared and some of his guys out there. Um, it, it is a really cool thing when you actually find uh companies in the gun industry that are like ran by shooters <laughs> you, would, you would think you would think that would be like less rare um but uh Very rare. it's it's actually it's actually relatively hard to find right and i think that it um it's not only cool just out of principle but it actually informs i think a lot of you know product design and development and stuff you know one of jared was saying the other day he's like man he's like i wish i wish that um all the ideas i came up with were like out of the park home runs like right off the bat but like i'll come up with an idea that sometimes i think is really awesome um and then i take it to the range and i shoot it and i'm like you know what this sucks and um it just goes in the trash can you know like immediately or we, or we figure out how to fix it but man like there's a lot of companies you can tell like that are not are not going through um that process and there's things that seem cool in theory that just don't end up working so anyway shout out to everyone can see because man those guys can freaking blaze um i've been i've been following jared for a very long time he's been uh putting out some pretty cool stuff for for quite a while and it was really really great to get on the range and shoot those guys uh i think jared actually received the um i believe it's the third uh speed up and get your hits patch for the uh, the Billy Trail standards, so we got another one of those out in the wild. It was pretty cool, uh, and we had uh, we had a great time with it. And that was like you know, in uh, probably the wind chill was in the teens um, when he shot that, and still still crushed it. Um, so that was that was pretty awesome, pretty awesome. But uh, they got they got some cool stuff going on up there. Look for some cool stuff that we're hopefully working on to come out. Uh, next year, and uh, hopefully we've got a lot kind of date, but hopefully we'll be doing uh, a class out there at that range um, next year as well, but uh, super, some super cool stuff going out there, so shout out to those guys, and if you guys are following here, we can still check them out, they're making some really, really good stuff um, as far as holsters and other stuff go right now, so shout out to those guys, but other than that, I've uh, been working uh, mostly, mostly on the rifle side of the house, couple interesting things uh for us to talk about tonight nothing no massive uh topics first of all kind of a, a quick story time um from 
recently, something that I've kind of discovered vision wise. I don't know that um, there's any, a huge takeaway from this, but I found it to be absolutely fascinating. And I think it's worth sharing it with you guys. So quick, super quick backstory. Um, I am pretty nearsighted. I can see things super well, like out to like arms reach, but I usually wear contacts to see anything farther. I've had kind of an infection in my right eye where I haven't been able to wear contacts in that some. And so I've randomly been wearing like one contact only in my left eye. Um, so I can see really well out of that one. And then I can't see anything like past a couple feet in my right eye. Um, but of course, doing my thing around the house, you know, on conference calls or whatever, I've always got a gun in my hand. Uh, randomly reached my gun cage a couple weeks ago and pull out my stock Glock 19 um, that still has nothing, just like regular iron sights on it um, and throw it up in front of my face. Um, normal presentation. And I was like, what in the heck am I looking at? Because it was kind of wild. My left eye with the contact in it could actually see my target normally, my target focus shooting. And then my right eye could still see the iron sights like perfectly clearly. Um, I can kind of see all the things at one time. And I was like, well, that's pretty wild. Um, but didn't really go shoot about it. Kind of forgot about it. Was with a shooter last week who tells me, he's like, man, you know, whenever I used to go take classes and they were all about iron sights, um, I never really understood what instructors were talking about with iron sights, but I was kind of embarrassed and never really like say anything about it. Um, because they would say, Hey man, you gotta be, you know, when you're shooting both eyes open, you know, you gotta have a super clear focus in the front sight. You'll have a blurry target, blurry rear sight, you know, that whole old school thing. And he's like, man, he's like, whenever I'm shooting iron sights, I would just have like a perfectly clear target. Um, perfectly clear front sight and perfectly clear rear sight. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, that's just, that's just what it was. And he said, he finally got with, uh, finally had the, the <laughs> nutted up and explained it to an instructor he was with. And, and the guy goes, huh? It's like, you're shooting both eyes open. He's like, yeah. He's like, what, what happens if you close your left eye? And he's like, well, then I can't really see the target at all. I just see my sights. And it turns out this guy was naturally nearsighted um, in his right eye and farsighted in his left eye at the same time. And his brain was just kind of merging the images to where he could also see all three things um, at the exact same time in perfect focus. Which I found to be absolutely fascinating. I don't know, like I said, I don't know if there's any way we can actually like use this information, but if there's any big takeaways from it. But I was like... Huh. I'm, I'm going to go like have a pair of glasses made that make me like nearsighted in one eye and farsighted in the other. And I'm just like going to be the best iron sight shooter anyone's ever seen or something. I don't know. But uh, pretty interesting. Have you guys ever, ever seen anybody that had this before? Or is this as, as, as new to you guys as it was? Yeah. So I, that's how I am. Like I can't see far really? out of my right. Yeah. I can't see far out of my right eye at all. Like it's, it's horrible. If I close my left eye, like I, Something three feet away right now is blurry, but mm -hmm. like up close, I, I could see it very, very well. And my left eye sees really good far away. Huh. And you don't wear corrective lenses. What do you, what do you, so, what do you see? I'm supposed to, but I don't. 
Uh, I see, a, I see pretty, uh, so I'm not going to say that I see like a clear sight picture. Like I, I see, mm. like if I'm trying to focus on, on the target and vi- like the visual piece being out in front of the gun, um, yeah. I don't see like a super, super clear sight picture. Um, I do think, however, though, like I definitely see like the outline of the gun and a yeah. clear target. It's definitely not something that I like would tell a class though. <laughs> so like, right. it, it's not something that I've talked about ever because I don't want people to be like, Oh, well, well that's what he sees. That's what I should try to see. Cause I, I would rather people focus on like just seeing the target. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's super uh, weird though, I guess. Fascinating. <laughs> so it's interesting well, that you bring this up because I just heard um, a podcast with Riley Bowman. Uh, he was talking to Tim mm-hmm. Aaron about stuff. I don't know if you watch that or not, but Riley has the ability nope. and he didn't know that this was like special, but he has the ability to focus at different depths with different eyes. So like when he shoots yeah. iron, sights, he focuses on the target with his left eye and then brings the focus of his right eye back to his iron sights. And like, he can just That's do that, on which is weird. So it's less of like a one I can see better That's than the other. Like focus them differently, and I I heard that like probably two weeks ago, and that blew my mind because I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, or that you could do that. And this seems like a similar situation, except that it's it's um, it's forced. Really hmm. interesting. It's weird. It is. I didn't, it is I weird. Didn't know it's, that it's, I was, I was fascinated. <laughs> I'm about to go rip out my right <laughs> contract and try it out. It's pretty, yeah, I'm yeah, like pretty, looking uh, at an airsoft gun right now. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty fascinating stuff. I, I'm interested in exploring it. A, just to, uh, understanding what like different people see. Obviously, it's super important from a striking standpoint um, and how things are different. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not really sure there's any way we can use this information. But it was it was pretty cool when I threw that gun up. I was like, have I just like hacked iron sights? Um, <laughs> because this guy told me, he's like, man, it's like the first time I, the first time I put glasses on and I try to shoot iron, I'm like, oh yeah, these really do suck. Um, which they, which they do, um, for most of us. So <laughs> anyway, cool. Uh, all right. Ma- main idea, main thing I wanted to get into tonight, we're going to explore this from a few different angles, obviously, but, um, so I, I probably had guys, we talked about this a minute ago, but I've probably had, I don't know, six or 10 shooters over the last couple of weeks reach out to me um about quote-unquote muzzle dip all right um so in in recoil control um having an issue of actually bringing the gun back too far so instead of bringing it back to zero uh, where it came from actually bringing the gun back below where it came from to where if you fired um an aggressive predictive split the second shot would likely be below uh where you started from or below your first shot. Um, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts before I spoil it or we, we dive in too much to some other ways of looking at it. Um, what do you typically see causing this? How would you diagnose this? What, what, what do you typically recommend to shooters um, who are having this issue? So I think it's uh, the, like the first thing that, that you need to be doing is assessing how the gun is behaving while you're shooting it. Right. Like um, ways to do that, you know, maybe shooting groups like 
not not so much slow fire, but like confirmation too. You know, five five shot groups. Like, how is the gun behaving while I'm doing that? Um, and like, can I keep a confirmation too and like drill like a ragged hole at seven yards, right? And if not, like, what is going on? What like what is going on with my hands and body to cause that much tension to push down into the gun that much? Um, I also think it's probably so, important just, to note for those that may be aware, right? Maybe explain confirmation two just for what we're talking about. So confirmation two would just be like reacting to uh, a color or your front sight, like it's a flash sight picture. It's not so much like like confirmation three would be a steady dot, nice and clean. Um, confirmation two would just be like a flash sight picture. So it, there's no over confirmation, I should say, on like confirmation three, mm -hmm. right? Um, sure. Ah, uh, shit, what the hell was I going to say? Oh, I think it's important to note, too, that, like, it is required to, like, push the gun back down, like, during recoil. But, like, how mm -hmm. much is something that people need to explore? And I think that, you know, shooting, uh, like, groups or even, like, shooting doubles, I think it's a really good way to assess how the gun is behaving. And then if you can figure out how the gun is behaving or start to see that then you can start to, you know, change stuff in your grip and the amount of tension that you put into the, into the gun. Um, and that's how you start changing stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting, right? There's, there's a lot of things that go into how the gun behaves um, under recoil, right? Uh, gear can certainly be part of it, but also obviously the way you're, the way you're gripping the gun, the way that you're there, different tensions in your hand, in your arms, in your shoulders, all that affects the way the gun moves. Um, as well as like, what are your eyes doing? Right. Um, that behaves where that changes the way the gun behaves um, all the way down to if we're, when we're shooting really quickly, uh, potentially how am I pulling the trigger? Right. So when the gun is moving, and we don't know why we have to figure out which one of those things is actually going on. Um, one of the, the common things that, that I see a lot with, with folks that have second shots going low, um, which I generally recommend to folks is, is check out your wrist lock, right? Because for a lot of folks, right. If, if while I'm shooting, I'm allowing those wrists to break, the only way to get the gun to come back is to sort of yank it back down and it's pretty hard to yank the gun back down with the wrist, like to a, an exact spot. And I end up yanking it too far and just trying to time that shot to go off as my sights are essentially passing through zero, which is, is pretty freaking difficult to do. Um, if I am though locking my wrist perfectly to where the gun can't you know, lift up in the hands as the gun goes off and that's being absorbed more in the, the elbows and the shoulders, to me, it's a much more predictable and controllable uh, path where the gun kind of returns back to zero much more naturally versus when it's happening in the wrists. But the big takeaway for me is this. If you, like you said, Nick, if you do not drive the gun back to zero, it will not come back by itself, right? <laughs> when recoil happens, obviously there's forces pushing the gun up. There is significantly less force, although there may be a, a little bit when the slide returns home. Um, kind of arresting that upward movement. There's not enough force in that slide returning to drive the gun all the way back down. Um, and so the gun's not going to come back. So if, if the gun is coming back below zero, then you did that. 
It's not your recoil spring. It's not because you're shooting 124s or 147s. It, it's, it's not that, man. I hate to, I hate to tell you that. Um, but like, man, I've seen so many people recently in the, even some fairly high level shooters, like in the competition community talking about this, like, man, I've got to change my springs out to get rid of this muzzle dip or whatever. And it's like, well, if you just want to be able to return the gun the exact same way that you currently are, um, and you're only ever going to shoot that gun, and you're only ever going to shoot that load, and instead of learning how to shoot better, you just want to change your loads until it works out, and then technically you can do that, right? Um, but for those of us who don't have that, all that luxury, like you need to figure out how to return the gun to exactly where it came from, right? Um, and uh, and I think it's it's to- totally doable. So let's talk nick you talked about kind of analyzing how the gun's moving um and you mentioned strings right so like what's super popular these days is like obviously doubles um it's what it's kind of what like like what ben calls it he's made that that way of shooting pretty popular what is your guys thoughts on if i'm trying to think about how the gun's moving recoil control that kind of thing diagnosing grip, so on and so forth. What, what do you think the pros and cons are of just shooting like individual pairs versus like long, longer strings, five, six, eight, ten rounds, that kind of thing? Dude, I, I love shooting doubles to mm-hmm. um, kind of diagnose how the grip is or, or like diagnose what exactly the grip is doing. Um, I think doubles mm-hmm. are a really good test of, of like the durability of your grip, because I think doubles are going to bring up things like tension in your body. And um, if you don't have that stuff worked out, you're 100% going to see um, the effects, you know, that, that it's going to have on your grip. I think it also brings up vision, right? I think we would be yeah. remiss to, uh, to skip over the visual piece of this too, because like I know you guys see this a lot, and like I think it, I think that this is like super common. Like as soon as people go to start shooting doubles, I think that their vision like bounces back and forth between the spot that they want to hit and the dot lifting, um, especially dot mm-hmm. shooters, because of the dot is so much information. And um, I think that when they see the dot lift, or it, since they're looking at it, there's more perceived movement, and then they start pushing down into the gun. Like, I think it's, like, super common if you shoot doubles out at, like, 15, 20, 25 yards, right? Because since you're getting further and further back, there's a ton of perceived movement. Um, and, like I say, if your eyes are bouncing back and forth, you're going to push it down, and you're not going to stop you're going to push it down too much and you're not going to stop at the point that you're aiming at because you're no longer looking at it. So it's, it's almost impossible to aim at it if you're not looking at it anymore. Um, I think, I think that if you had people shoot doubles on steel, you would probably see the same thing up close because they would see the entire piece of steel rather than looking to a specific spot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a, it's super interesting to look at those things at different distances and targets. You know, one of the big things I see all the time is folks at 25 yards, as an example, just stop giving a crap about recoil control at all. Um, start grouping the gripping the gun super loose, relaxing the wrist, and then just like letting the gun go, and it's kind of like letting it come back and then like shooting again. I'm like, bro, what are you what are you doing? Uh, but it's it, you don't even think about it. It's just like 
it's kind of old habits from like, I think, I think uh, slow fire shooting, right. A lot, a lot of, for a lot of folks only ever shoot at, you know, 25, 35, 50 yards in like slow fire bullseye mode and don't even realize they're not shooting fast because like, well, you, of course you're not going to shoot fast. It's 25 yards. And it's like, <laughs> still going to shoot as fast as you can. Um, and so it's interesting to adjust that. I, I think the biggest, uh, there's a couple of big differences for me. So, Number one, like, yeah, is there value in, like, I think, example, shooting the build drill or even longer strings? 100%. But as an analysis or diagnostic tool, most guys, right, when I have them shoot a build drill and I go, hey, man, what happened on shot four? <laughs> they look at you like a calf at a new gate. Like, uh, what shot four did I, you know, did shot four even happen, right? Like, there's very little processing of what exactly was happening on each one of those shots. And if you don't know what happened, then you can't learn from it and you can't, you can't build off of it. Right. Whereas when you shoot individual pairs, just two rounds at a time, um, if you can't keep track of two rounds, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, like, you should be able to do that. Right. So it's, it's just a lot easier to pay attention, make adjustments, understand what's going on. You're also, I think, um, making sure you're starting with your sights, like actually on your intended point of aim for each pair. So like for a, a lot of time, a lot of people, you know, if I'm shooting a longer string, things tend to like drift, especially if the vision is lacking, like you were saying, Nick, um, and things just kind of progressively get more and more out of control. And it's, it's sometimes less informative um, about like your grip and your recoil control and just understanding like, man, what is happening when I start here? Like, where is the gun trending? Is it trending somewhere consistently for that second shot? Um, so you can, I think you can learn different things um, from those, those two things here, here's a really cool, I think key question though, right? So let, let's say you're, sh you're shooting doubles at seven yards, right? <clears throat> Confirmation one, whatever you want to call it, essentially pulling the trigger as, as fast as possible. Um, I, I think uh, what, how, how, where do you guys start, right? For, for when you're shooting doubles for the first shot of the two, where is your finger? How are you pulling the trigger for that first shot versus the second shot? And is it the same or is it different? So I, I try to keep a little, like, I, I'm not riding the reset, right? Like, I don't care about that. I try to keep, like, I try to keep my finger on the trigger, right? But I'm letting the trigger all the way back out and then smacking it home. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not coming, like, finger straight and then smacking it, smacking it like that. Right. Um, yep. I'm just trying to keep, keep a contact with the trigger essentially. But again, I'm not, I'm not like coming off and then coming right back on the reset. Like I'm just, I'm just smacking the crap out of the trigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. same yeah, for I, me. I love that. Right. Same thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I just start touching it, right. Like touching the, the trigger yep. safety or something like that. And then it's, and then it's pushing. Mm -hmm are pulling through pretty fast for me I, when, when i'm shooting doubles i personally think doubles is is probably the best thing for like your split speed if you're trying to uh trying to work on that and then we, we could talk about that later i guess but uh for me like the conscious effort there is 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 the finger coming off the trigger right letting the trigger reset mm -hmm. like you said nick it's it's not riding the reset and trying to just find that spot but it's like hey i'm gonna press this trigger i don't really need to think about that but for me it's like my finger definitely has to come off of there so that i can do it again so um 
I don't know. I, I like my finger is probably not coming very far off the trigger. It's definitely not like flying off of there, but I'm trying to initiate oh, the action of reverse. Cause you're, you shut up. Your, your trigger doesn't move. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I don't even uh, know what you're talking about. There, there is that. <laughs> but I, I think it's like kind of a conscious uh, effort of man, you got to get your finger like, like every, like don't think about pulling the trigger as much as you are getting ready to pull it again. Right. So I think double yeah. is a good way to do that. So, so what I'm what I'm getting at, right? What I've realized recently, I think a lot of people are missing this when it comes to like confirmation one doubles, right? Which is because you have time and because you're aiming carefully for the the first shot of the doubles, a lot of times, folks are starting from a prep um, on the on the first shot. Even if they're coming all the way off and slapping through aggressively on the second shot they're starting from a prep. And so I think this can kind of miss one of the aspects of, of, diag of diagnostics. As an example, if you, when you slap the trigger, <clears throat> you are pulling the gun down significantly due to the way that you're pulling the trigger with your whole hand. Um, <laughs> and, and you disguise that for your first shot by prepping Right. And you, so you have a, you always have that first shot dead center. And then you come off and you slap through as the gun comes back. And because you're slapping through and now you're really pulling the trigger of your whole, whole hand, you're pulling the gun down. That can look like muzzle dip. <laughs> right. But even though really it's, it's an issue with how you're pulling the trigger. Um, <clears throat> so as, as a training exercise, like, yes, if I have a big transition to a five yard target, like I'm probably firing that first target, that first shot from a prep because I had time to prep it as I came in on that target. Right. Um, but as a training exercise, when you are doing doubles, I think it's super important that both, both trigger presses are the same. Um, so it, you know, it, now if I'm slapping through um, that first shot and it's still dead center, right. And the second shot is not, I think that's a much better indication that it's more of a recoil control problem than, than just a, potentially a trigger control issue. Um, I think you guys already hit the nail on the head too, as well with the, you know, the vision part of it is, is, is super, super huge. Um, I would definitely recommend folks do doubles, um, you know, with, try it, try it with and without an occluded dot and see if there is a difference <laughs> in how the gun behaves. Um, might, might find some interesting stuff there because, you know, like 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 my friend like our friend Scott Jelinski says right like what's the great thing about the dot it goes where you're looking what's the crappy thing about the dot it it goes where you're looking right and so if you are not leaving your eyes locked into your intended point of aim like the dot's not going to come back to that spot it's just not it's gonna it's gonna go where you're looking and if your eyes are moving right following the dot and then trying to follow it back it's just not going to land precisely because you don't have a, a precise point to to kind of steer it back to. Um, yeah. here's another question on doubles. So <clears throat> obviously I, you would start with, let's say, let's say we're starting doing some doubles and we are shooting them obviously nice and fast up close <clears throat> and you get pretty happy. You're pretty much in control. Where do you go from there? What, what, what would you guys do? You get, you guys back up and see how far you can basically shoot the exact same way or, or how do you, how do you guys kind of progress from there? I mean, with, with pistol, uh, I typically go mm -hmm. out to 30, right? And, and I'll say 30 because, like, that's what I got, right? I got, I got 30 yards mm -hmm. available for me. 
Um, and after every iteration, like I go up and freaking paste and, and then look at the group, right? Like even up at five yards, um, like doing that class up in Jersey that I just did, I shot demo doubles at five, 10, 15, like all the way back out to 30. And they didn't, they Uh didn't open up from one ragged hole until I got back to 15, which man, I wish I had this shit on video because it was it was legit. <laughs> <laughs> it was so yeah. legit. Uh, they were all in like, you know, yeah. one ragged asshole sub 20 splits. And I was like, fuck, is nobody recording right now? Nope. Um, <laughs> but like what I'm looking at, like, even if I'm at five yards, right. And say they're all one ragged hole. Like, is that hole like trending kind of low? Is it trending? Like, do I have like one that's kind of high? Like I'm being very, very particular about that group size. Um, <laughs> I think it's very telling too that like say say seven yards right and i put a one inch black pasty up there for training wheels i call it training wheels mm-hmm. um to keep your vision locked onto if it's a group like the size of a softball like what is actually happening there right because at seven shooting doubles should be i think you guys would agree like it should be like one ragged hole right and so if you have you know, I think something really common, if we shoot four sets of doubles, you know, a total of eight rounds, then you have, say, three that are kind of like two inches above the group. And then you have another three that's like two inches below the group. Like those six 100% belong together, right? Because you're watching the dot lift and then pushing the gun back down. And I know that that might seem like a decent sized group, but like, you again you want to be very very particular about that stuff um and then the further out you get the more you're going to see deviation um if you have any sort of movement just because it's further away right so i think it's important to go back i go all the way back to 30 i'm not sure if everyone needs to go back to 30 i just i'm kind of a nerd about this stuff if you're a nerd about it i would recommend going back to 30 and shooting doubles like shoot it very very aggressively and see what you need to do with your vision. And I think that um, I think that people would really see what they needed to do with their vision if they went back to thirty. Like it's it's extremely difficult to do well. Yeah, I think there's. So are, you, think there's are, you, are, you, are you saying you're you're trying to push like confirmation one back to thirty, or like you're you're adjusting yeah. as needed as you go, or what, what no, you, no, 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 confirmation one back to thirty yards. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like, like upfront and honest, like at 30, I'm mm-hmm. looking for like 90% outputs. And then I'm looking mm-hmm. at the group and like, it's a decent for me, it would be decent if they're centered around that black square that I'm staring at. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I have right. any sort of like outliers where it's like freaking a diagonal, you know, uh, group, I know that I'm not staring at that spot anymore and I'm putting too much input into the gun. So if they're mm-hmm. all centered around that black square and, you know, 80, 90% alpha, something like that, I'm pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think the cool, the coolest thing about the doubles drill is that there are so many different layers to it and different things that you can within that drill that you can work on. Right. So, Obviously, vision is is big. Uh, di- diagnosing what your gun is doing, what the dot's doing under um, under recoil, super big, right? For me, doubles has been probably the most helpful with um, 
with like fighting tension and things like that right and so what what i found i think what everybody ends up finding out at some point is that the the more tension we have um in different places the more that affects uh how fluidly we can pull the trigger um so if you hear people go to shoot a bill drill or something like that and it's dot 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 right like they've got a lot of tension built up somewhere right the guys who can just make it sound like a machine gun, right? Super, super fluid. Uh, those are the dudes who have, I think, have explored a lot of, hey, how do how do I keep this consistent throughout a string of fire? So I think doubles is the best place to start with that. Um, one, you're you're able to, like Billy, you were saying, you're able to diagnose what's going on shot to shot because you have a pause and you can like legit stop and think about it, right? Um, but the other thing for me is like, like I will start with doubles at like seven, maybe 10 yards. Um, I'm a pretty big fan of doing it 10 just because it forces me to be a little bit more, uh, locked in with my vision and not just rely on like confirmation zero, right. Um, 10 yards, pretty good for me. And then I will do a bunch of doubles and then I will go into shooting like bill drills or even like 10 yard or, or 10 shot strings. Right. And so for me, what I'm looking for is, all right. So I, I feel like. I just nailed um, being able to stay, you know, keep my firing hand relaxed enough to pull the trigger quickly. My left hand has good tension in it, uh, no tension in my neck and shoulders, things like that. I'm splitting the gun nice and fast. Return is really good. All right, now let's see if I can do that without the pause. When I add that back in, it a lot of times what I see is, all right, I am having some hiccups, right? And so I figure out what those are. Go back to shooting doubles, figure that out, and then go test it again with sustained strings of fire. So um, I have definitely taken doubles back. I think the farthest I've taken them back was like 35 yards. Um, super, super valuable tool for sure. But I think it depends on maybe what you struggle with the most. Um, for me, it's like 100% tension where it, does, where it doesn't need to be. Um, so that's kind of I the main. I think that's the majority of people. Yeah, right. Yeah, especially when you're trying to go fast, right? So I'm like, man, 17s and 18s like aren't good enough for me at seven yards, right? Like I want to be consistently like 13, 14. And so pushing it, pushing doubles, pretty easy to do like 13s and 14s, right? But doing that consistently over six to 10 rounds, way more difficult. So I, I that's the main way that I use doubles and kind of the, the, the progression of of what I try to go to next after I've done a bunch of that. Pretty interesting, right? So I think I think one of the one of the things we can get wrapped around sometimes is like, man, there's there's only one way to like shoot doubles or like shoot two rounds at a target. And like this the way this one guy said and there's only one way to use it. They're like, no oh, man, that's the drill you're thinking about is probably like something particularly he wanted you to learn in that class like for an hour. Like but there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Um, so for me, right, um, there's, there's a big variance and, and, you know, obviously I'm trying to grow and stuff. Nick, you mentioned like, like sub twenties, right. You can, you can push, push sub twenties pretty far, uh, for sure. Um, for me, right. So like, when, I mean, I'm, there's a big difference in, in what I see in like an 11, 12 split versus like a 16 to 18 split, right? Like the behavior of the gun is significantly different between those two. Um, I, so I, I can't. I can't push those like 10, 11, 12, 13 splits back to 25. Like I just, I can't do it um, for me personally. Um, so one of the things I think is super interesting, right? Start with whatever your, whatever your confirmation one is, right? I, I teach it a little bit differently. 
um, than, than, than some of the others have different kind of confirmation levels, but, um, whatever you're, whatever you do at five, seven yards, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're, however you're pulling the trigger, like, yes, a lot of value in taking that and pushing it back, you know, as far as you can, um, uh, and, and seeing how far can I push this and, and not only can't, how far can I push this, but you know, the, the deal is obviously when you're, when you're doing it at five or seven and you've got that ragged hole, sometimes it's a lot more difficult to see trends than it is when you start getting farther back, right? You start seeing those trends a little bit more easily. And that's really what you're looking to expose is any kind of a trend. The farther back you go, obviously the groups are going to start getting bigger, just part of it. Um, but they should be really essentially expanding concentric concentrically around your, your, your point of aim. You're seeing trends in any direction. Um, that's, that's something you want to look into and try to figure out why that is. Um, once you get back to a point though, I think once you, once you can't push that any farther, you know, I, I shoot doubles at all of the <laughs> confirmation levels, right? So yes, I'll shoot confirmation one doubles, but then I'm going to shoot confirmation two doubles and then I shoot confirmation three doubles as, as well at the appropriate distances and, and target difficulties. Um, and, and I'm looking for, uh, you're probably not going to, I don't think when you start switching to higher levels of confirmation, you're not going to really learn a whole lot new about the way you're gripping the gun, about um, you know your, your tensions, about your recoil control. But it's, it becomes really just a, a visual drill there, right? Can I can I say okay, this is this is what I'm trying to require myself to see on every target, and then a <laughs> do I have the visual discipline to actually shoot that right to hold myself to that? and see what I need to see for every shot. But then number two, right, am I doing that efficiently? In other words, am I shooting as soon as I see what I need to see and not waiting for something more and not over-confirming it as well, right? Um, and then for each of those confirmation levels, I would I would push those back and continue to, to test how far and on what kind of target difficulties I can use those confirmation levels. Um, and then, and then try to get to the point, obviously, where over time I can push those farther and farther and farther would be, would be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, so I think there's, there's a lot of different ways to do doubles. I think for, for a, a lot of folks, the only way they shoot doubles is confirmation one, starting up close and then going back and seeing how far you can push it. ton of value in that, especially in recoil control. Um, but I do think there's a lot of value in, in, in doing it, even with higher difficulty targets. Um, and seeing how far you can you can push that as well, and, and really focusing on the on the vision aspect of it for sure. Do Man, you guys, for me, you guys do the same thing, or yeah, like I would say, like I go back to thirty because for the main mm. reason is because like dude, if I could shoot a seventeen split and get an Alpha Charlie at thirty with confirmation mm -hmm. one, then confirmation two mm -hmm. is going to be like a twenty two split at thirty, and it's going to be two snake eyes. So like for me, it, it's also like an exploratory thing of like how fast, like what, what can I possibly get away with? And I think that, I think it's super important for people to do too. Cause like, dude, every class I do, I'll do double, like if pistols, we'll do doubles out to 25, 30 yards. Rifles, like this past weekend in Jersey, we did doubles out to a hundred with rifles. Um, and, and mm -hmm. like, dude, part of that is like, how many of you guys shoot this fast? at different distances and no one ever raises their hand right um i think that the majority of people they get to a certain distance and it's like all right this is all going to be confirmation three because i i'm going to look at the dot because i perceive 
so much movement, right? So I think it's, it's important to explore, you know, how fast you can do things and how fast you can process at uh, different distances. I think that's agreed. Really yeah. I, yep. Like, yeah, yeah, I think well, I think that. Well, so I, I think it's a good point that it's an it's a exploration uh, journey, right? Like you're figuring out what's possible, and then I think what's important though is that if you realize that you can do like a confirmation one split, do Alpha Charlie at thirty yards with a handgun, then confirmation two like twenty fives is like no big deal, like guarantee alphas all day, every day, forever, right? So, like, I think that's important to know about yourself um, to maybe, hey, now you've got a 30-yard target, uh, but it's like a partial, right? So maybe I've got to apply a little bit more care, but you know exactly that what you can get away with. I think that's really important. I think if people were to take uh, that exercise out of context and just think that we're just always trying to push or that you are always trying to push confirmation one back to like 30, 35 yards, something like that, that could potentially get them in hot water. Right. But learning to, to go back and, and maybe mix that with like the, what, Billy, like what you're talking about doing doubles at different confirmation levels, man, I think that's like a super, super powerful tool um, visually. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think there's – it's interesting, right? So, like, one of the things that I do, too, is I think you get a more – so the, the exploration portion of it is huge. You know, you can think about whether you want to think about it as, like, speed mode or whatever, seeing how the gun behaves in doubles, seeing how far you can push it. I think then uh, typically what what I will do, right, is, is, is test things that I have found. Like, if I'm making an adjustment or if I'm pushing something farther, um, I will – use doubles for exploration and then I use longer strings of fire for testing. Right. So I think uh, as an example of, uh, uh, you know, a build drill tells a, a much more realistic story of, of how that confirmation level actually works at that distance, right. Where the dot is not starting is because for a double, usually, right. We're starting with the dot stopped dead center in, on the point of aim, which is usually not the case in any practical shooting scenario. Um, <clears throat> whether it's because the gun's coming in from a transition or it's coming up from a draw or what coming up from a reload or like whatever it is, we're not starting our string of fire on a target, no matter how many rounds it is, the way we start it in doubles. So shooting them like a build drill or it's a longer string of fire, I don't really care if it's five or six or however, however many rounds, um, gives you a, I think a better perspective on, on how that confirmation level will actually end up working at that level like hey if i take what i just what i just explored and try to shoot this on a scored drill like how well is it actually gonna how's it gonna turn out um so after doubles i typically test it out with uh with with longer strings of fire um and then i think it's i think it's super interesting to try to test it out as well right um with uh, adding in more variables so you can add in the variable of a long stream of fire. Then you can add in the variable of like, hey, man, I don't get to start exactly in my perfect stance, like lined up on this target exactly. I got to run into the position and do it, you know, as an entry. Um, uh, I think for a lot of folks who benefit, you know, lining up multiple, multiple targets with some transitions um, at the same distance. So they only have like one visual process to think about. 
Um, how does that how does that work? Right. And then when you really want to get spicy with it, obviously targets a different difficulties, right? So I can try to call up those confirmation levels on demand. What do I need to see? How do I need to pull my trigger? Um, and see if you can actually, you know, execute it with that kind of throttle control and, and see what you need to see at the different distances and uh and see how it works, see how it works there. Um super, super important. Um, like you were saying, Brendan, you can, I think, uh, you can, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, you do kind of what Nick's talking about as far as pushing, you know, some of the confirmation levels pretty, pretty far back Do trigger control speed, if you know that. And you go, you ask guys, okay, so what's, what's really appropriate, you know, for shooting these targets, like on a, on a, on a stage or whatever. And they go well, like, well, obviously now we're just going to shoot confirmation one, like all the things, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah, good, good luck with that. Good luck with that, right? Like it doesn't, it doesn't actually work out quite, like, quite that way. Um, but uh, yeah, so <laughs> after after the exp- after the exploration, actually test it out with some uh, some higher difficulty variables and see and see what's what. I think. Cool. I like it. So. Mm. Uh, muzzle dip is not your recoil spring. That that's the main thing I want people to take away from that, <laughs> from that conversation. Uh, man, it 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 takes work, man. Um, figuring out how your gun moves, playing playing with your 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 grip pressures, um, learning exactly how much to push the gun gun back down. Um, it it really does. It takes a lot of exploration to where you can return the gun exactly to the right spot. Um you know, at, at speed, but the uh, tensions and, and pressures, um, don't change what gun you're shooting every two minutes <laughs> for a lot of folks. <laughs> I can't well, say I'm going to see doing that. I'm like, well, no wonder, but like, if you want to see what your muzzle, like if you want to see what the recoil spring does, like lock the slide to the rear, get a good grip and then send it home. That's what it does. Like, it, it, it's not much. <laughs> it's not much. Same mm-hmm. thing with rifles. People do the same exact thing with rifles. You watch mm-hmm. them push into a rifle really hard. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not your buffer spring, my man. It's, uh, it's what you're doing to it. Unfortunately, it's the harder answer, but <laughs> it's, the, it's what's happening. It's not- <laughs> It's not your mother's ring. Oh my gosh! I love, I love, I love, I love that. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really not, it's really not a gear issue. It's really not. But uh, mm-hmm. interesting. All right, guys, that, that's that's about all I got on that for tonight. Did you guys you guys got anything else you want to add on that before we wrap it up? No, man, I think it was good. It was good. A lot cool. of great stuff. Cool. Yeah, hopefully that's. I like breaking folks, down get like out, get doubles. I like breaking out this stuff down. I think it's important because we talk about it a lot, and then I think being able to like get into detail about one specific drill that we all really like. I like it. I think we should do mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Cool. Hopefully it's helpful, guys. Um, there will be obviously links below uh, for to make sure you're following these guys if you aren't already. And if you get a chance to train them, do that. If you have questions or future things you want us to talk about on the podcast, there is a link down below for that as well, uh, where you can submit official questions and stuff for the podcast. And we will 
do our best to uh, to cover that in a future episode. Uh, and until next time, that was Speed Up and Get Your Hits. Thanks, guys.